It's good to be with you. I'm Keith Clark. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet or if you're visiting this morning, I'm the discipleship minister here. My wife Mindy uh, and our two boys, Carson and Charlie, uh, moved here at the end of February, beginning of March for me to, to, to take on this role here. And uh, now that we're starting the sixth month, I cannot tell you what a, what a joy it is uh, to be here. Uh, for me to have the chance to work with an incredibly gifted staff, uh, to have the opportunity to be a part of a team with an incredibly caring and faithful group of shepherds that we have here in our congregation and, and for our family to be a part of this church family. Uh, it is truly a joy, and uh, we're so glad to be here. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I preached nearly every Sunday for 10 years before taking on this role, and one of the questions that kept coming up in my mind and in the minds of those we, we loved and trusted to help us discern uh, our future a few months back was, would I miss preaching every week? And the truth is, I didn't know the answer, and I couldn't know the answer until I didn't preach every week, but I can tell you that uh, nearly six months in, I don't miss it a bit. It turns out, it turns out uh, that listening to Jared pour his heart out on God's behalf every week is about as good as it gets. Uh, but Jared's gone this morning, and uh, I am thrilled to have the chance to, to fill in and, and do this preaching thing that I did so many weeks uh, for so many years. And so uh, I'm, I'm really thankful for this time. And uh, I want to start out this morning uh, by inviting us to listen together to the words of Jesus from Matthew 6. So if you want to pull out a Bible, you can turn uh, to Matthew 6. If you want to, you can look on the screen. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more important than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow, they don't harvest grain, they don't gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work. They don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his splendor, wasn't dressed like one of these. And if God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray together. God, what a blessing it is that you have gathered us together this morning, that through our time with one another and with you, we might be filled with everything we need to be faithful, uh, to be faithful as you scatter us back into our homes and our workplaces and our, our, our neighborhoods and our community this week. And we pray that as we, we pause for a few moments this morning, you would give us ears to hear. And more importantly, we pray for soft hearts 
that what we hear might work its way into the depths of our being so that you might continue the work of transforming us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Well, every one of us crosses the threshold of becoming afraid before we even are aware of what it means to be afraid. We're a young baby. We're afraid when mom is nowhere to be found, when dad is out of sight. We're afraid when we're hungry and we wonder where the food's going to come from. We're afraid, and we don't even really realize we're afraid. But there are these moments as we grow and mature and become more aware of our surroundings. There are these moments, these threshold-crossing moments, where all of a sudden we begin to realize that we've met fear in a new way. We've met fear in a way we've never known fear before. Every one of us has had those moments. And maybe for you, it was was the first time you fell and broke a bone. Maybe you were climbing a tree and you lost your balance and... Well, it didn't end too well. Or, or maybe you jumped off the jungle gym and you didn't quite stick the landing. It wouldn't have scored a 10 in the Olympics. And you've never known fear like that before. Or, or maybe, maybe you first met fear and you were aware of it when, when you, you wiped out and scraped up your elbows and knees. Maybe it was trying out a new skateboard for the first time and it didn't go so well and you left with a bunch of cuts and scrapes and blood and you hadn't seen anything like that before and you didn't want to get on the skateboard again or or maybe it was the first time you tried to ride a bike without the training wheels you remember a moment like that or and I hope this hasn't happened to any of you but maybe it has my mom tried through much laughter this week to tell me how not once, not twice, not three or four times, but so many times that she lost count, she crashed her bike while it still had the training wheels on it. I don't know how you do that, but my mom pulled it off. Or, or maybe it was something more serious. Uh, maybe it was the first moment that you realized somebody broke a promise to you. A promise to to be there to cheer you on, a promise to get you what you needed, a promise to care for you, a promise never to leave. Or maybe, maybe it was the first moment you realized you had been betrayed. When you learned that even though it should be, yes doesn't always mean yes, and no doesn't always mean no. Or you heard for the first time the name that they had been calling you behind your back for months and months, and it broke your heart. Or maybe, maybe it was when you found out that they had a chance to stand up for you, to defend you, but they said nothing. They did nothing. Every one of us has had moments where 
we crossed that threshold and for the first time we knew fear in a way we had never known it before. And the thing is, when we cross that threshold, when we, when we begin to be on a first name basis with fear, there is no going back. It's impossible to ever banish fear fully from our lives. And, and it's harder because fear is not a, a, a one-time thing that we meet. We don't just cross that threshold one time. Life keeps handing us more and more thresholds to cross. And in a sense, we could define our lives as a series of moments where we meet new and more deeply unsettling reasons to fear. You know, our Bibles, they have over and over and over again this simple four-word phrase, do not be afraid. You may have heard it said, like I have, that 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 phrase occurs 365 times in Scripture, once for each day of the year. And I don't know about that. I'm kind of skeptical, and I haven't counted. But but the thing is, even if it even if it doesn't occur that many times, it, it might as well. It's, it's in there so often that, that it might as well be in there once per day of the year. But even if it were there five times per day per year or ten times per day per year, it wouldn't change the fact that for us, it feels as if the, the air we breathe is contaminated with fear. And the reason, the reason it feels like the air we breathe is contaminated with fear is because it is. It's because nothing sells like fear. I mean, think about it. Virtually every advertisement I see, it feels like it's appealing to fear. Like the the cable companies and the satellite companies. You know the commercials I'm talking about, right? The cable company tells you that if you subscribe to a satellite provider... You better be aware because it might be the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded, two outs, a 3-2 count, and the signal might go out because a storm pops up, and then you'll miss the end of the big game. Or the satellite company will warn you that if you don't subscribe to their service, the cable company might not carry the game you've been waiting to see all season long. They're appealing to fear. And then there's cell phone companies. Remember the Verizon commercials? Can you hear me now? You know, it's like you might be in in the middle of the most important call in your life, a call that would change your life forever, and the call might drop. And then what? What would happen then? You need to be afraid, and you need to switch to Verizon. Or or there's the... There's the lawyers with their commercials about mesothelioma. And even if you don't have it, you better get checked because you might have it. Because everybody has it. And they will be willing to help you. There are the the commercials for for life insurance. You know, are you you sure you're going to be providing well for the people who depend on you if you die unexpectedly? Are they going to be cared for? Are they going to be well provided for? Fear. It's in the air. And, and, and then there are commercials, advertisements that don't appeal explicitly to fear. It's more subtle, right? But, but it's there if we have the eyes to see it. Like, like Jeep commercials. Jeep commercials don't immediately spring to mind as appealing to fear. But, but I got to tell you, every time I see one of those beautiful mountainous landscapes, 
I think to myself, what if I had the chance to scale that 85 degree incline and all I had was a Ford Focus? <laughs> what then? Or the, the, the commercials, the, the advertisements you see for, for cruise lines or for resorts that are they're in the Caribbean in tropical places. So they've got the beautiful white sandy beaches, the palm trees that, that look so beautiful. You've got the, the crystal clear waters and, and, and images of playful dolphins jumping all around you. And, and all it makes me think is, man, my ordinary beach spot just isn't enough. I am missing out. See, at a, at a deep level, even in a subtle way, there's this appeal to fear. Whether it's the fear of something bad happening or the fear of missing out. Fear is in the air. And then there's the media, which in addition to the advertisers, knows the game, right? The individuals who comprise the media know the game, and the companies they work for know the game. They know that more than anything else, fear drives ratings. Now, the best example I know of this is a study I came across a while back. In the years between 1990 and 1998, the murder rate in our country declined by 20%. Between 1990 and 1998, the murder rate in our country declined by 20%. Do you know how much news stories about murders increased in those years? 600%. So on the one hand, you have a decrease of 20%. On the other hand, an increase of 600%. They know that more than anything else, fear drives ratings. The air is thick with fear. Whether it's coming from the cable news channel or the Twitter feed of a reporter, or the blog site of a commentator, frantically reporting, worrisome storms that are on the way, countless crimes that have been committed, analyzing the, the possibility of another terrorist attack. Fear is in the air. And I guess if we're going to talk about fear, we have to talk about the most notorious peddlers of fear in our world, don't we? Can you believe that it's been over 12 months that we've had to endure this campaign season already? And it jumped the shark before they even officially announced they were in the race. And there's three more months of it left. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. And unless you have hidden under a rock, literally, you haven't been able to avoid it. You've seen it somewhere, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's in the waiting room at the doctor's office or, or, or whether it's on the, the magazine rack beside the checkout at United. You have not been able to avoid the, just the, the, the shameless fear-mongering that is all over this campaign. You haven't been able to avoid it. And the thing about it is, much of it is not based on fact. Much of it has no data to back it up. Now, the good news about that is, there's a, there's a job market for fact checkers that is booming. The bad news is, there's a job market for fact checkers that's booming. But, but this fear-mongering, it, it happens because these folks aren't 
particularly concerned about what is or isn't truthful. They're concerned about what will help, help them reach their goals, what will help them enact their political ambitions. And so truth is out the window. It, it, it's just a matter of getting people to do what they want. And the best way to get people to do what you want is to make them afraid. Our air is thick with fear. And the problem is, all this fear that's in the air is creating a lot of noise. So much noise that it's hard to hear the repeated refrain that, that occurs from the very beginning to the very end of Scripture. Do not be afraid. And it's not only hard to hear the refrain, it's harder still to believe it. Because you and I are expected, even encouraged, to be afraid. To be afraid so we'll buy a specific product. To be afraid so we will tune in. To be afraid so we will vote for a particular candidate. And the worst part of all of it is that these peddlers of fear know that once they've hooked us, it's almost impossible for us to shake ourselves loose. It's almost impossible to shake ourselves loose. They, 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 they know the game. It goes like this. First, they hook us with a reason to be afraid. And then... They sell us the product that will alleviate all those fears. And, and a little while after we've bought their solution, there's another new thing to be afraid of. And another new solution. And another reason to fear. And another new solution. And round and round it goes. You know how this works. It's a never-ending cycle. And if we start doubting, if we start questioning, if we start pulling back and not participating, then we're guilted into submission. But if you don't buy this, you're going to miss out. If you don't tune in, well, you'll be left behind. If, if you don't vote for me, well, the world is going gonna, is gonna to go down the drain. We are expected, even encouraged, to be afraid. And so that voice that time and time again says, do not be afraid, well, that voice keeps falling on ears that cannot hear. And, and the sad reality is that many Christians, perhaps including many of us, we, we've abandoned ourselves to fear. Now, now, we might be hesitant to admit to that charge. It, it, it sounds a little strong. The word fear, it's, it's just so ugh, in your face. I mean, we'd prefer something a bit softer. Like, I'd be willing to admit to being a little anxious, wouldn't you? I'd admit... To being nervous. I'd even admit to being a little bit worried. But do we really need to use the word fear? It's a little overblown. But who are we kidding? It's the truth. Too often, we've abandoned ourselves to fear. And something is very wrong with that picture. Because we are the people whose story is told in Scripture tells us over and over and over and over and over again, do not be afraid. We are the people whose Lord said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. We are the people who keep returning over and over throughout our lives to the words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why then? Why then am I so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Why are we so afraid? You know, I'm starting to think more and more that the answer to the question, why am I so afraid, is that I've stopped paying attention to birds. And on the one hand, I know that sounds you know, kind of trite, maybe a little silly or simplistic, but on the other hand, I, I think it's absolutely true. I mean, have you ever paid attention to birds? Other than maybe the one you've been staring at for the last however long. I mean, have, you, have you ever paid attention, really paid attention to birds? To the cardinals and the crows, the blue jays and the grackles, the, the mockingbirds and the robins, the, the house finches and the hummingbirds. Have you ever paid attention, really paid attention have you gone outside and, and peeked at their nests when they fly away to hunt for food? Have you, have you noticed not just the, the grass and, and the pine needles and, and the other naturally occurring things that, that show up in their nests? Have you noticed? Have you noticed a piece of tinsel from a discarded Christmas tree that's woven into the nest? Have you noticed a, a discarded drinking straw that was, that was left as litter on the side of the road and yet somehow it was useful to the birds building the nest. The birds always seem to have what they need to make a home. They always have what they need. Or, or have you watched as they flock to a freshly cut lawn with the bugs all stirred up, easy eaten? Have you noticed when after a, a nice long rain, they, they just swarm for the worms that are, that are rising to the surface that are easier than ever to get. Have you noticed a pine cone hanging on a tree that some little kid slathered a bunch of peanut butter on and dumped a bag of bird seed on and hung on the tree for the bird seed? Have you, have you paid attention to a hummingbird feeder set outside someone's window full of that sweet sugary goodness that those whizzing wonders love to eat? Have you noticed... They always have what they need to get by. Have you paid attention to birds? Really paid attention to birds? Because I think Jesus was on to something. When he talked to the crowd that was gathered around him on the mountainside that day, waiting to hear so eagerly what he would have to say, and he, and he told them to look at the lilies and to look at the birds, and, and, and to notice how well God takes care of them, and, and to trust 
that God will take even greater care of humanity than God takes care of the lilies and the birds. Jesus was on to something. And so what I want to say to you this morning, dear brothers and sisters, is this. I, I don't know what it is that's, that's got you worked up with worry. I, I don't know what it is that makes you nervous or anxious or afraid. I don't know what it is that's got your heart filled with fear. Maybe it's that, that you don't know what the future holds for you or for the people you love. Maybe it's that, that you don't know what the future holds for you at, at work or at school or at home. Maybe it's that you don't know what the future holds for, for your neighborhood or for our country or even for our world. I, I don't know what it is that makes you anxious or afraid, that makes you fearful this morning, but I do know this. There is more than enough fear to go around in our world. More than enough. And it's so thick in the air that, that it makes it hard for us to breathe deeply and freely. It makes it hard to take a deep breath, to, to take in all the life that, that this life God has given us has to offer. And and there's no doubt, there's no doubt that, that bad things could happen. There's no doubt that there are, there are things that are legitimate reasons that we might be afraid. The, the, the truth is, you and I are, are likely to face challenges that are greater than we could ever imagine having to face. But, but going out into the world and adding to the anxiety is not going to help anything or anyone. It's not going to make things better. Imagine though, imagine if instead of being known as folks who are afraid of almost everything, we became known as the folks who aren't frazzled by anything. Imagine. Imagine if, if we became known as the folks who could be counted on in the midst of an off-kilter world to be even keeled. Imagine if, if, if we became known as a community who could be trusted, even in the, in the most stressful circumstances, even in the face of, of the most dangerous reasons to be afraid, the most serious reasons to be afraid, that we could be trusted to be the people who do not worry. Imagine if we became known as the ones who, like Paul says, are not anxious about anything. Imagine. Now that would make a difference in our world. That would make a difference. And so instead of buying whatever it is that fear tries to sell us this week, my hope and prayer is that we'll look at the birds. And not just look at the birds, better yet, let's listen to the birds. Because something tells me that if we pay close enough attention, if we, if we listen closely enough, the song they're singing is, is a simple four-word song. They're singing right out of the pages of Scripture. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid.
In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing together. And as we do, our shepherds, along with their wives, will be available uh, for you to go to and, and, and seek prayer and counsel and, and companionship on the journey of faith. I want to ask them to go ahead and stand, if they will, where they are uh, so that you can see uh, where they are around the room and, and know how to find them. If, if you're here this morning and you've been dealing with the fear that, that is so thick in our air, I really want to encourage you to find one of these couples and... and, and Ask them to join you in praying that, that in the week ahead, God will be present with you in ways so that you do not have to be afraid any longer. Find them, because there's nothing better than knowing that we have companions on this journey of faith. Uh, let's stand and sing together.